phantasm? Is it a nightmare? Phantasm. Is it an illusion? Phantasm. What is up, motherfuckers? And welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. As always, I am Corey Gorkreist. With me here, to my right, Dr. Vincent fucking West. The prescription for death. <laughs> and we have a really, really uh, exciting episode today. Um, we have uh, Ryan from Vital Remains did an interview for us. So fucking awesome. And uh, we'll get to that later. We'll talk about the show they did with Hate Eternal um, Monday night, which was it was a fucking killer show. We'll get into that uh, here in a little while later in the show. But uh, what has the doctor prescribed us today for the uh, feature film? Uh, kind of a suggestion from our interview. We'd like to thank Brian for this. We are going with the original Hellraiser, Bob Parker's Hellraiser. 1987. Uh regarded as one of the greatest uh, horror films ever to be filmed in Britain. So, uh, that's... It's, it's a pretty fucking good one. Uh, it's Clive Barker's first director, you know, director... He's a directorial debut of Clive Barker making a film. Uh, if you watch or read any of the stuff on the making of this film, uh, Clive Barker had no fucking idea how to film a movie. Um... You know, he couldn't tell lens from lens, and <laughs> but uh, it ended you up. You never know it from watching. Yeah, it ended up being a fantastic movie, and um, of course, it's based off of uh, the Hellbound Heart, which was a novel written by Clive Barker. So uh, for him to write and and do this movie is pretty pretty awesome. Of course, the opening scene they're in Morocco, and the uh, one of the you know the guy has the box, and he's. Right. That is Frank, yes. And he is uh, pretty much, you know, he's got candles around him. He's doing a little ritual here. Um, yeah, well, well, just to delve into the interview real quick before we um, before we even talk about it. Um, Brian, when we asked him, we wanted to, you know, he wanted to do one of the uh, new Texas Chainsaw Massacres, like... Um, you know the either the the first Platinum Dunes remake or the the beginning the the second one, but uh, we didn't we don't have them on on Blu-ray so we didn't. Right, we're strictly doing Blu-ray so. So we're we sorry about that, Brian. Good. But this is one that I know you love and you suggested. So uh, we figured the next best thing, if not those Texas Chainsaws, we got Hellraiser for you. So hopefully you enjoyed. It. It's very you know it's a satanic goodness. It's just a fucking sick ass movie, and I know based on the interview you enjoyed it. So. Uh, I'm actually excited to do this one as well because we haven't done Hellraiser yet. So. No. This or any, we, this is the first Clyde Barker we've done. and It is, and I think this is the best one to start with. I mean, it's, you know. And, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. You know, when I saw this at the theater, because I went and saw this with my uncle, and I remember just thinking to myself, you know, this is fucking nuts. Like, it's this movie is not something you want to watch when you're high. No. <laughs> and you've done uh, that? Yeah, and it actually gave me an anxiety attack. Wow. A um, long time ago. This yeah. was actually banned in Canada when it came out. Really? Yeah. They eventually got it, uh, they cut like about 
40 seconds from this film to put it out in Canada. Um, so yeah, eventually it worked out, but I mean, this movie's so fucking nasty, you know. This this is one of the only horror movies that actually scares me. Um, still to this day, it kind of makes me squirm a little bit because it's just, it's not so much the, the gore and the torture shit, it's just that uh, Frank is actually scary, like when he's Frank the Monster or whatever. You know, I'd like to say another shout out here. <clears throat> just to tell anybody if they've never had the pleasure, Doug Bradley is really, really fucking cool. He and is. I'm really fortunate, I felt, to get to meet him, and he was really, really super nice. And I. Yes, he's a he, stand up guy. He really I, is. I thought he was not happy talking with us because I took something that he had said out of context to. Uh, to. Uh, my wife and I, which was basically, he was like, you know, I told him, I was like, I can't believe we're standing here just hanging out with you. And he was like, oh, you should, you should get out more and meet, meet different people. Huh. And I didn't find out till later. This is kind of an interesting side note on Doug. Apparently he has like really low self-esteem. Like he's not really, huh? like he doesn't understand why people like him. And I'm like, you're fucking pinhead. Yeah. But it was really, it was really humble. It was really, it was sad, but at the same time, it's like, dude, I fucking love you. Like, yeah. this is, I, I, mean, I couldn't believe it. It was surreal. And uh, he was very uh, informative and, you know, just he'll go out of his way to, to talk to you and to make you feel comfortable. And I think that's very rare. And for somebody like him, who's a, uh, a legend of the, of the industry, um, you know, he's, he's just a great person to be around. I mean, he's uh got so much energy you know when you talk to him it's crazy i didn't i didn't think i would get that kind of you know uh thing from him but he's really goes out of his way and it's pretty cool um you know he was wearing on a sort of black craft clothing but he was wearing that stuff and he was trying to plug that because he was you know i was like i love your shirt and he's like oh well you can buy it you can go to blackcraft.com and get you one they i love their fucking t-shirts you know he's just going off about all kinds of stuff and Roger Ebert said this movie was the bankruptcy of imagination. Yeah, well, if well, it's no. Apparently, that was he was trying to compliment it, saying that I don't really understand what that means. But even if he tries his hardest to compliment something, it always sounds like it's it's just. Well, both of them were kind of weird. Well, if it's not gone with the wind, then they don't care. You know, it's got actually some... one day. I don't. I mean, obviously not today, but. The funniest fucking thing, actually, I'll just go ahead and just say this. If you guys ever want to see something funny with Roger Ebert, look up him reviewing Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> he love calls it a, a, a piece of trash, and he, <laughs> which I love that movie, and I know you do as well. But it was just, it's kind of funny just hearing him go. We got on through up. Christmas. We'll we'll do that up. We'll do that episode. Ah, fuck guys. it. We'll do Christmas in July. We'll do it soon. Yeah, we can. That'd be great. The movie's just funny, but is, but but funny. I mean, but it's it's. I think it's pretty pathetic that he just has to shit can every horror film that's out there. It's like you don't need to review that stuff. I think. I know. I guess it's important for people that don't like horror movies to review horror movies. But at the same time, it's like if you're not a fan of horror movies and you don't get it, then don't review it. You know, like. Um, I guess for horror movies, bad press is good press because if people are like, "This movie's disgusting and it's just a bunch of gore," then more people are going to want to see it. That you know. Here's an interesting fact. This is, I think, this is very interesting. Doug apparently had to do take after take after take because he had trouble hitting his marks because 
he was wearing solid black contacts and couldn't yeah, see. Yeah, he was almost tripping I over his skirt. Know that. Yeah. He was tripping over his, he didn't want to trip That's over his skirt that he was I wearing, think. the Hellraiser stuff. And another side note, Toodle, your dog <laughs> likes to eat at the Chinese restaurant where they sold the box. <laughs> he says uh, uh, what you would call a regular at the, at the Chinese place there. Okay, here now this is interesting. Christopher Young, but the that, did the, that right also did, did the music for. This is fucking awesome. He did the music also for Nightmare on Elm Street Two, which is yeah, my favorite Friday's, Friday's Revenge. Yeah. My, my excuse me, my favorite uh, Nightmare on Elm Street film. Mm-hmm. And he also did the music for uh, uh, Invaders from Mars. Uh, the uh, Toby Hooper film. Yeah. Which I'm not crazy about that. I do own it, but it's kind of... It's cool. He worked with Toby. You know, either way. No, that's awesome. That movie's just not that great. Don't buy that film, guys, unless you're just really into campy films. Invaders from Mars on Blu-ray? Yeah, Screen Factory put it out a few years ago. Really? I didn't know that. It's it's a... Not like a special collector's edition or anything. Is the movie a foot long, as you would say? Yeah, I just don't like it. (laughs) I don't... I mean, I own it because I'm a huge fan of his stuff. Like, I... The doctor's word. It's a foot long. Well, it's just... It's just no not, disrespect it's just not to a, Toby, but it's you know. not a gore thing, and yeah. I'm a gore guy, and it's you know. Well, yeah, it's your profession. I don't. I just couldn't really get into that, you know. I mean, it's it's okay, but it, and it's not really a horror film. It's more of like a science fiction thing. I don't know. Speaking of uh, gore, um, and we'll plug this later as well, so you guys uh, don't forget. For those of you that tune in late to these things, if you do or you don't. Um, we got Tobias from uh, Vomitory and the band Cut-Up of uh, Sweden fame uh, doing an interview for us as well, and that's that'll be on the next episode. So uh, look out for that, because that's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, Real excited about that. Yeah. And, you know, he, he uh, his brother helped form Vomitory with him, and then he went and did Cut-Up with... Uh, Eric also a vomitory. So, if you haven't checked a, a, out a cut up yet, uh, if you're a vomitory fan or if you're just a fucking death metal fan, cut up uh, is beyond what what death metal needs to be in these days. I mean, I think they still they they are carrying the mantle forward for death metal. I think, and uh, their album Forensic Nightmares is has been out for almost a year now, and it's on Metal Blade Records. So. Uh, Go pick that shit up and support it. Go go find those old vomitory records. I mean, that's just essential. Death they're metal. actually you can get most of them. Yeah, if their last record, op, uh, Opus uh, Mortis Eight, which is their last record in 2011, uh, that that's it, they ended on such a on such a great note. I think with that record was just fucking nasty. So the cut up shit's killer too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a new chapter of what they do, but uh, the way they ended Vomitory was perfect because that album was so fucking good. Um, it's just a punishing record. I mean, it takes a toll on you. Uh, somehow, physically, that album like beats me to death, and it's great. I love every song. On a of business record. note to you real quick, I accidentally left that CD in the car. Did you it is here. <laughs> Next, we're gonna. It is here though. Okay, it is here. I didn't. I didn't forget it. I've been right. listening to it. I just. I wasn't listening to it because we were on the phone. I just. I guess I just left it in. There. Yeah, we can go grab it in a minute. Uh, so now we're seeing th- this scene. I want to actually talk about this scene a second. First of all, and and this this is this is something that I really want to talk about. This is this is a very fucked up scene. So. The woman who will later be a pretty big role in Hellraiser 2, 
she actually carries on to the all, like for four films. So from this one till Bloodseeker, I think is the last film she did. Um, You're getting into uncharted territory with me there. You she's done like, four. You like the misses. She's, she's done delved way into these. I, my my strict cutoff with these films is three. So me kids, too, but I know she's in the one past after three. three. I know the one she's. Well, see, I didn't think she was in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't Ashley seen Lawrence, the the younger one, not a. Uh, oh no, I'm talking. I'm not talking about her. I'm yeah, talking, I'm talking about that the older bitch. Oh right yeah, yeah, yeah. She's only in the first two films. Yeah, Ashley that. Lawrence, which is a uh, Kirsty Cotton. She's in four Hellraiser films total. So. That's cool. I did not know that, but. Again, I gave up after part three. Me too. Uh, side note, <laughs> Doug, Doug Bradley's favorite film is part three. So, huh. There you go. It's an interesting. And what was the last film he did? Was it was it four? Uh, yeah. No, no. He did a shitload of them. I think up until five. He did. Well, no. I think he may have done more than that because Julia won't watch him unless he's in it. So. <laughs> but it, either way, back to what I was saying. The scene that they're about to show... This really bothered me it, when I was high. Is this where this is where like, I actually uh, had an anxiety attack. Yeah, where he runs he, his arm up through that nail. Oh yeah, this far he's like, hey, will you get me a beer? And on a side note, on this, the the her dad, the one that's getting ready to hit the nail, Sean Chapman. What it? No, that's not his name because he's a Star Trek actor. Hold on. Yeah, him. That's not Sean Chapman. Or Sean's the guy that plays Frank, then. Yes, that's correct. Um, uh, where's his goddamn name? Dropping the ball, kids. What a big <laughs> Star Trek fan I am. I can't think of his name. Andrew Robinson. Thank you. Andrew Robinson is Garrick from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which I am a huge fan of. Amazing. Uh, See, just like we say, uh, if you know it's a horror movie and it's classic, it's Star Trek dude probably has something to do with it. Very interesting, yes, but... He's a deep uh, deep space nine guy. Yes, that's awesome. Correct. Actually, do me a favor for just for shits and giggles. And he's, he's just for you. He's a Scorpio killer in Dirty Harry. Yes, that's correct. That's insane. Uh, check out what he looks like as Garrick because you'll get a kick out of it. Okay. He's also uh, he's a Cardassian fucking. You're gonna love this. He's a Cardassian informant slash assassin. And he's in uh, he's Sergeant Botnick in uh, Child's Play three. That's correct. He's been in uh, Pumpkinhead 2, which is a turd, and uh, The Puppet Masters, which I've never seen, so I don't have anything to say about that film. Um, so what is it you want me to look up? What's his name in the in, in Star Trek? Garrick. Garrick. I don't... I, I just want you that. to... Just for fun, this has nothing to do with the podcast, guys. I'm just nerding out here with Mr. Gorecrest for just a moment. Just thought we'd get a little laugh out of him seeing the dad, which later Frank is, of course, wearing Andrew Robinson's <laughs> skin when he gets ripped in half. You can tell that's him, actually. That's pretty awesome. Nice. Well, it was cool when I met him, you know, because the, the, the end scene of this film, the uh, payday, if you will, the money shot. No, it's Alan, shot. Alan Garrick. That's him. Right. Yeah. That's pretty insane. He's a Cardassian assassin. Not to be confused with uh, the Kardashians. No, Cardassian. Who are uh, eye and ear assassins of the 21st century. Anyway. Agreed. <laughs> They're also uh, penis assassins. But I thought that I thought the way that he shot this, this is so disturbing because she's getting fucked by Frank here in a minute. Yeah. And then he gets the nail 
into his arm. So it's it's two nails in one. It's just it, this this you know it's almost like and cursed. Yeah, and maybe people will attack me for this, but it's kind of like an art film in that it's it's like he's, it really is. He's playing with other things in it. The torture part, kind of Cronenbergy, a little bit, a little bit. But it's it's body horror in a different degree. It's more. But yeah, it's not me. This was by an insect. Yeah, this was the OG uh, torture porn. You know, uh, not not to. Not counting the uh, giallos of, of Italian horror, where there's a lot of torture porn and that stuff, but, uh, you know, this was a different level of body horror, you know, or it's just straight up uh, putting skin on hooks and ripping uh, faces in half and shit. And tell you a fucked up story about this movie. I remember knowing this guy that used to run around with a buddy of mine, Peter, that I grew up with. And when we all saw this, we had rented this. We weren't at the theater. You know, I saw it at the theater, but I was obviously too young. I was in, like, you know, sixth grade when this film came out. But when we watched this on video at my friend's house, he was telling us how he had jacked off to this scene. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, what's hot about this creepy guy fucking this dude's wife and then a guy getting a fucking nail in his arm? It's like, I just, because this, this, this scene actually made me fucking nauseous. Yeah, it's a very just weird scene. Well, it's 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 bordering on the whole we're breaking all these boundaries of, of you know between heaven and hell. And look, she's licking his fingers. I mean, it's, it's really gross. Yeah, it's just fucked up. I get it. It's it's very effective. The scene, I think. Look, and he fucks her on her wedding dress. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's very uneasy, and it's not something that uh. I find uh, yeah, how, arousing. Uh, well, I, I thought it was fucked up. This kid's telling me and my friend, you know, we're fairly young and he's whacking off to this. You know what's kind of funny is like, you know, she's getting porked by Frank and then the father is like basically like, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to move this mattress. And it looks like he's fucking the mattress. You know, he's sweaty and all that. And he's trying to move this mattress. So you can see the foreshadowing with the fucking nail. And Julia Cotton up here is getting fucking nailed. I can't, man. This scene is it's, just... You know what's about to happen, you know. And there... Ah, oh, really Well, I've done that before with a fucking staple in my, you know... Ugh. I was moving a couch. That's just one of those It's effective because it still makes me go... Ugh. You know, it's like, shoo. Anyway, let's go to a fun fact so I don't Ralph on the dog. <laughs> uh, what did I just see here? I thought this was very interesting. I lost my fucking place. Looks like they several people have tried to get this to remake it. Apparently it's about and to I guess he's And I guess he's fought them on it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like here, it looks like from what I'm reading here, it looks like Clive in 2013 basically was like, I'm rewriting it. Yeah, because apparently Doug Bradley was supposed to hop back well, on no, this. No, it says Doug is involved in it. He's attached to it. Yeah, he's hopping back in there. Unless this is wrong. It says on October 24th, 2013, Clive Barker posted on his official Facebook page. This is not to be confused guys. with the fake Facebook page. Like, just like there. the public figure like pages. This is actual Facebook page. Actually, I was just making fun of Facebook. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that he would be personally writing Hellraiser 
and the Weinstein Company would be the ones releasing it. And original Cinnabot actor Doug Bradley will be returning as Pinhead. And when I asked, what's interesting is when I asked Doug, and I can't remember if I met him in 2013, or I think it was 2014 when I met him. Mm-hmm. He basically said that he was attached to it, but he couldn't talk about it. And I thought that was really... It's weird when you run into that, because I'm, I'm not used to that kind of jargon. I, I, I mean, I understand, right. but I'm not used to running into that with people when they're just like, you know, no comment, or, yeah. or, I, don't, or I can't discuss that, or whatever. I'm just like... Well, but I guess it makes sense because there's eyes and ears everywhere with the internet, you know. Yeah, and he doesn't want to, um, you know, especially if maybe the. I know, but I wanted to hear about the whole film, and I uh, wanted him to tell me. I mean, I'm, it's the production. I'm the doctor. You can tell the doctor. Right. About the you film know, you should be able to. But I you should be comfortable with your doctor. I'm being silly, but but uh, you know, um, it, it's also the studio heads that that tell them to stay secret about it because, you know. Um, it's not like completely official yet, as far as I mean, they're they're writing it and they're doing all this stuff, but it might not even happen. So you know, there's also that. And uh, well, that Weinstein company, I can I can tell you you guys this. This is just a fact. If that thing gets made, it's straight to video. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it would make make a decent amount of money if they. Well, that back his out. films never. That Weinstein company, most of that stuff never gets in the theater anymore. That's true. And the only reason that I know that is because... because they're not very good at uh, pushing stuff and marketing their stuff. Well, you know, that's apparently where... And there's Frank coming here's out Frank. of hell. It's fucking nasty. It is nasty. But you know what? That's why For some this reason, is this, isn't, this isn't as nasty to me as the fly. No, because it's not an insect. He's like a, a skeleton becoming, you know, flesh. It's pretty cool. It's a really uh, cool scene, but it's also just kind of creepy. Um, this this movie was made so well, um, but it actually does its job of being being scary. And I've always been kind of a freak. It's not to the point where I won't watch this movie because I've seen nasty. it so many times. I forgot but, how nasty this is. Yeah, but it's just kind of it actually makes me unsettled. Look at that. That's Taco Rancho. <laughs> I mean, it is. That's fucking gnarly. It's just, but it actually kind of looks like the flaw, doesn't it? Yeah, a little it's, bit. But I know it's not an insect. It's a human, so it's not as bad. But yeah, it's not freaking me out. As you can see all his little, you know, his organs coming, you know, uh, forming, and this fucking veins. It's just fucking gross. <laughs> it's it's really nasty. She's like, Frank, eat my pussy with your skeletal tongue. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. And of course, they're all having dinner now. I don't, you know this movie. <laughs> they're having dinner. Yeah, they're having. <laughs> <laughs> we got them. <clears throat> but I, you know, the what? What's funny about this movie to me, or what I think is interesting about it is, it is kind of slow. But man, where there's pay dirt, there's pay dirt in this film. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. And of course, you know that. That whole sex thing, I don't even, you know, that didn't really, I guess that happened in her mind, didn't it happen? Like, she got mind-fucked by Frank? No, they really fucked. Was it like, a, it seemed That's like it was a memory. It's flashback. So she fucked him, like, forever ago, whenever they first got in the house or something. Correct, and now she wants him back. Yeah. And she's willing to kill her own husband to do it, so she does. Yep. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> Gotta make that sacrifice. You know, it's interesting to me... Also, I want to also talk about something else real quick, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna go tech nerd on you here. The doctor's going tech nerd. 
if you buy this, grab you a copy of the Anchor Bay Blu-ray. Do not buy the image one. The image one is bare bones. Um, you'll even see it housed with Hellraiser 2. But if you want this film and you want it in high def, just track you down a uh, Anchor Bay copy of it. I got mine for about 12 bucks. Uh, you can find it a lot of, you know, your mom and pop kind of Blu-ray places like a used store if you have something like that you can go to. Or even eBay. They're not very expensive. You can snag you a copy of this. There's a lot more special features. And this actually looks pretty damn good. Uh, the image Blu-ray, which I've also seen, uh, it looks like shit. It looks like <laughs> it's ported off of a VHS tape. <laughs> and that would be the one you see in the bin for $8 at Walmart. Avoid that one because you don't. There's no point even wasting your money on it. No, uh, the 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 effects for this movie was made by a guy named Cliff Wallace. You want to hear a resume for this fucking guy? This let's hear it. This being the first real movie he ever did, so no wonder why he got so much work. But uh, Hellraiser being the first notable thing he did, second film he did notably. Uh, he did Waxwork, which was the next love it horror film he did. Um, then he started going into like. Really high budget like action movies. He did the first Mission Impossible. Um, Wait, the Tom Cruise thing? Yeah, I've never seen that movie. And then he did that Doom movie, which is awful, but you know, whatever. The Rock. Yeah. By the way, Corey's favorite actor and wrestler is The Rock. God damn. I mean, it's, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> he did Your Highness. That fucking. Uh, Why is Danny, Danny McBride in that? I love Danny McBride. I don't know. And, I don't know. Clash of the Titans. I didn't know there was real effects in that fucking movie, but okay. I hate that remake turd. I love the original one. Love the original Clash of the Titans. He was on uh, a bunch of Doctor Who stuff. He did that new Victor Frankenstein movie. That movie was terrible. I never saw it. Uh, he did a, that. He did that Forest movie. That and that new Assassin's Creed movie coming out this year, uh, which is interesting. Um, he did World War Z and he did uh, Fury, which is another Brad Pitt film. So. He's worked with some the crazy stuff. Movie, movie's terrible. Yeah, I've, I've never seen that either. But um, yeah, I mean he's he's got a lot of shit under his belly. Did Black Hawk Down. I mean he's done Blood Diamond. I guess he's a Brad Pitt guy. He must be. Um, There's Frank looking a little better. Right. Not really, actually. She'd fuck him anyway. Um, She's like, stick your muscular vascular dong in me. <laughs> I want to see all the veins. Like, fuck me. Um. So yeah, it's just very interesting that he, you know, did all that stuff after these films. So, of course, this being the only Hellraiser he did, I don't know who did two or any of that stuff. But yeah, you know, Frank in this scene looks like a, a you, looks you like know, a vagina. Part two is pretty good. Uh. Like I said, I, I hate to keep going back to this one. I'm going to get some shit for this probably, but I really like Hellraiser 3. Hmm. I really like that film. And we got Nigel Booth as well that did uh, run the special effects, you know, makeup crew. Another, you want to hear something stuff. even weirder? And he did uh, Aliens before oh. this film. So in 86, that was his... He must have been part of Stan Winston's crew. Right. And then the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, of course, the... <coughs> And he did Species, which is uh, something you can actually whack off to if you wanted to. Uh, it's a good movie. Only for a few seconds, so you need to be quick. Uh, Farscape. I know you're a Farscape guy. Well. A little bit. He did two episodes, so he, he didn't do much. I'm a Star Trek Stargate guy. Farscape is in there, but it's not really. 
I know, I know, it's a little too Muppety. Yeah, I agree with that. I do like it. Okay, but, too but much, yeah, that's cool. Too many characters are like it, 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 it is, <laughs> and it's. I mean, they don't know. have the serious badasses walking around. I mean, there's they're there, but you know, I agree with the Muppet thing. They're kind of all the well, characters are kind of like that. Eh, that's why eh. it's Muppety. Yeah. Although I don't know he was even so alive then, but that's a good insult to tell somebody. You Muppety fuck. Right. <laughs> I like it. Uh, here's just something weird that I just thought of. Again, this is on subject, but off subject. This fi- So this film, you've got a DS9 actor, and then Hellraiser 3, you have a DS9 actor. Isn't that weird? And who's in that one? Uh, the lady that played Dax. Wow. Okay. And I can't think of her name right now. Terry something. Terry, Terry Farrell. Know how Terry Farrell? Okay. So. I don't know how anybody can walk off to Claire Higgins or whatever her name is that plays Julia Cotton. Yeah, it's kind of gross. It's like, bleh. you know, I never thought about this being a British film, but it's very British, actually. Oh yeah, watch it. It was filmed in Britain, and Clive Barker's British. Doug Bradley is British. I don't know, you know, how many British actors are in this film, but I know, of course, you know, Doug Bradley. And is. there's Jens. <laughs> it's Rob Zombie. That's pretty good. It's like that creeper guy staring at, you know, Kirsty and her, her boy toy here. Which is pretty funny. <laughs> he looks like Rob Zombie. And her dude looks like he was in an 80s pop band. He does. He's like, hold on a minute. Do, 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 He's going in for a hot French or... Anyway, but... He's like, take off that fedora. You're not Freddy. This film also looks like it was done with no money. The budget was $1 million for this film. He did a lot with it. I'd yeah. say most of it went to the makeup effects. Yeah, I, I agree. And then... Uh, Although the location scout on this, it's horrifying, really. Yeah, it is. Uh, they made, this movie feels claustrophobic to me, too. It's very enclosed, because they're in that room most of the time, too. That room that Frank's staying in. It's like you're inside the box. Yeah, and then... Shit. You know, even this scene. Even this scene with, uh, you know, and that's back to her getting fucked by Frank. <coughs> and um, doctor's young friend somewhere whacking off to this. Yep. And, <laughs> but uh, even in her bedroom with her actual husband, <coughs> it's it's like there are beds against a wall and it looks like they're in a fucking prison or something. And, and they're just in a, you know, a bedroom, but it's so... Like, he looks like a cake. <laughs> And there she is. She was like, Where I he's just, got gib on I just remembered us fucking again with your beetle tattoo. She's like, Frank, I like a jism all over your face. <laughs> you look like a glazed donut. I want to look like one, too. <laughs> that makeup is really good. Yeah, that's real, too. I mean, shit. Yeah, he looks like he's just looks fucking like jizzed all over Looks like album. <laughs> or aborted or something. You know? The it's Frank crazy. shall remain. And there's all these just crazy, uh, you know, dream sequences. And yeah, it's like flashback the, stuff. this girl going in between heaven and hell through this entire film. Yeah. It's very strange. It is. And there's just like feathers everywhere. It's a very surreal scene. She just, it's fucking cool though. It's very, this film is very artistic and, and Clive Barker's a very uh, artistic guy. Um, <clears throat> if you've ever watched like Nightbreed or any of his other stuff, that's very apparent that he's uh into all that shit. Yeah, as much as I like Nightbreed, I still have to kind of go back to this one. Oh, of course. I don't know why. 
It's not even. <clears throat> it's not even pinned. There's just something cool about this movie. It's this movie's very sacrilege. It's a lot of sacrilege oh, yeah. in it. You know, it's very, well, yeah, because they're from fucking hell dimension. You know, which is pretty awesome. I mean, he's playing around with something that's you know kind of got got me as a kid with The Exorcist. That I feel like he's kind of touching on that, you know, especially if you're raised in a religious household, which I was, which is probably why I'm so fucked up, but. <clears throat> it does irreparable damage, and I think you know when you see a movie like this. If you're raised in a very religious family like I was, you you uh, <clears throat> this movie is like wow, you know it's like you're opening the box in front of the TV, <laughs> right? No, in the the Brian interview, he said he was currently reading uh, the Scarlet Gospels, which is the newest Clive Barker uh, novel. Just basically like a, it's like a, a reboot of, of uh, the Hellbound Heart, the Hellraiser thing. But instead, uh, Pinhead is actually, you know, uh, an entity called the Hell Priest, which is pretty bitchin' sounding, and I can tell why he he, re- he reads that stuff, because it's right up, right up his alley, so. I don't know much about it, I just know that that's, uh, you know, he said he was reading that currently, and that's another, you know nod to Brian for choosing this film too is that he's he's currently in Clive Barker land as far as his reading material so I think right. he'll, he'll appreciate the, the choice here uh, another fun side note I just saw this I was looking at this on my phone uh, if you guys just want to watch this maybe after listening to the podcast or, or whatever sure, or you guys can turn it on it's right actually now. on Netflix yep it is um, the Blu-ray, which we have, is, is, is hard to find because it, it is out of print. It's a uh, one of the older Blu-rays to come out. You know, one of the first, I think. Uh, it's just out of print. But um, yeah, we encourage you if you guys listen to this, you want to go uh, shot for shot with us. Fucking, you know, we would gladly love to be your audio commentary for these films. You know, we're not the filmmakers or any of that shit, but it's fucking Gore Christ and the Doctor here with you. So. Uh, you know, if, if you start these podcasts off and once you hear what, what we uh, have chosen for you, you can go ahead and pop it in or find it online, however you do it, and uh, go go bit by bit with us, you know, limb from limb. That would be awesome. Yeah, and just watch the film as we do it, and that'd be great. I mean, you know, we try to do films that are, you know, 90 minutes or, or a little bit over. You know, we try not to make them... Uh, really long. We don't want to overkill you. We will overkill right. you with a couple things. We just haven't chosen <laughs> what those are yet. But. Um, as far as horror releasing world, uh, found out news, and this is so exciting for me uh, personally because this is one of my favorite horror films, period. And, and for any gore, gore hounds out there, it's one of the goriest films ever made. Uh, Grindhouse Releasing is putting out a three-disc Blu-ray version of uh, Cat in the Brain, uh, Lucio Fulci goodness. So uh, they were uh, responsible for the DVD release of Cat in the Brain as well in the U.S., So, uh, <coughs> which I, I do have that version. It's packed with tons of fucking features. It's pat, you know, It's got the Fangoria uh, convention that Lucio Fulci appeared at. It was like his last public appearance, I think. I think it was his wow. first and last in the U.S., and it's very it's very cool Excuse to watch me. that. I mean, he had an interpreter the whole time because you know he's a he's an Italian badass. But uh, 
very cool and, and a fun watch. To, you know, there's so much features on that Cat in the Brain DVD they put out years ago. I think they put it out in 09. You know, that sure. thing's not on Amazon either. Cat in the Brain? No. The, uh, the DVD? The Blu-ray. Oh, no, the Blu-ray comes out on July 12th. You can go to DiabolicDVD.com, I believe, is the site. And you can pre-order it from there. And that's, um, I guess, who distributes the Grindhouse stuff is them. Because they're, you can get pieces from there, and you can get the Beyond from there, and Cannibal Holocaust, Cannibal Faroe. Uh, there's two versions that you can pre-order right now for Cat in the Brain on Blu-ray, and it's just the normal three-disc one. And then there's a three-disc, but it's a bundle with uh, the Lucio Fulci bobblehead, which is only 500 of those made. So you can actually pay an extra, like, 10 bucks and get the bobblehead along with your three-disc Blu-ray, which is awesome. And it's got, of course, you know, they, they, they do such a good job of packaging all the shit with their releases, and they got the... Uh, the soundtrack for the Fabio Frizi uh, soundtrack with the Cat in the Brain this time around. So, very cool. What year um, is that film? Um, I think it's a 90s film, if I'm not mistaken. It's um, I've never seen it. I was just curious. I actually have the DVD. I'll pull that one out. Uh, something I'd like to talk about uh, came out this week. There's two things I wanted to tell you guys. Uh, you can go out, and you can actually pick both of these up at Best Buy. One of them you have to. Uh, the Burbs, which I've waited for ten years to come out on Blu-ray, it's is now movie. available at Best Buy. It's ten bucks. And another one I wanted to talk about was uh, Screen Factory's uh, Manhunter that came out this week, which I also picked up at Best Buy. And have you watched that yet? No, I have not. It's still sealed. I haven't seen. If it. the doctor buys it, it's probably sealed. Like we opened this Hellraiser just to watch it today, but anyway. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about, this is my favorite Roger Corman movie is coming to Blu-ray. And it already is on Blu-ray, but this is supposed to be a different version of it. Um, the movie I'm referring to is, of course, the Boris Karloff, Jack Nicholson, uh, The Terror. Nice. And it's already on Blu-ray if you guys want to buy that version. But there's another version coming out on May 31st, and it's available only through Amazon. It's an on-demand title, and it's from a company called The Film Detective. The Terror is public domain property, like the original None of the Living Dead. It, anybody can... If, if Corey and I wanted to put out None of the Living Dead and The Terror in a two-pack, we could. <laughs> Those films are public domain. Wow. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to pick up this, and this comes out May 31st. Or you can get the version that's already out, and it's uh, ten bucks on Amazon. Yeah, it is. Uh, Cat in the Brain is uh, nineteen ninety. Cool. But the release in the U.S. didn't come out until ninety nine, which was on Laserdisc, which is uh, pretty crazy. Anyway, the Terror is awesome. I love that movie. Oh yeah, we'll have to do that one. I would love to do that. It's also one of the very first things Jack Nicholson ever starred in. Really? Yeah, it may even wow. be his first film. I'm not exactly positive about that but it's one of the first damn things he ever did now did um, she just kill her husband i believe she did yeah he's dead and uh she's she killed garrick she's in this uh see-through dress basically and frank has just uh exhumed his corpse if you will because he looks you know uh the husband looks like a goddamn mummy and there's Frank, you know, actually becoming 
He's more sunlight. fleshy. Yeah. He's enjoying the sunlight now. And now he's basically, uh, he's a lot more, uh, I can't think of the fucking word. Not structured, but, uh, whatever. He looks more human than he did. He's not so much a, uh, jizzy skeleton anymore. Now he's more flesh bound. It's pretty um, cool. Talk about. Uh, something I've been listening to this week. I've been really, really digging on because I'm getting excited about uh, their new album coming. I've been listening to a lot of Dark Funeral this week. Really? Yeah. And have you heard anything from the new record? I have not, and I don't want to. I, <laughs> Is it that same singer that, that we saw that's in that band still? That bald yes. guy? Yes, I believe so. I'm not 100% Sorry to say, but I honestly wasn't really a fan of... Uh, of that vocalist, um, met Lord Ehrman after that show. He was he was a great guy. Uh, surprisingly, you know, I was kind of scared to meet. Usually, pretty scared to meet the black metal guys, you know. And um, you know, he's uh, he was very cool and and welcoming. And he was just kind of like, yeah. Did you see yeah. them at Maryland Death Fest? No, I uh, saw them with Morbid Angel. I want to say Morbid Angel, yeah. That's right. You saw them in a, a different venue yeah. than I did. I saw them. Okay, so he's not dead. It's she killed somebody else. She killed that well, boyfriend, no. I think. Yeah, because he's still walking around the house, and she just hid the body. Oh, okay. She's feeding him. She. I forgot. She has to. Julia in this film has to feed Frank bodies so he can gain flesh and and you know all that shit. So the the husband is still alive at this point. So. I'm sorry, we weren't even paying attention. We were <laughs> going on about all this other stuff. But uh, anyway, the the Dark Funeral. Uh, I've been listening to their first album, which I love, and then uh, I'm not. I'm getting ready to look up right now and find out if it's that same cat that's singing for him. You know, I wasn't crazy about him either, but I'm still going to buy that record. They haven't put a new record out in me in years, and I really like Dark Funeral. Um, you know, I think the Swedish. Uh, black metal stuff tends to be a little bit more on the on the death metal side as far as intensity for black metal. No, this is a brand new vocalist. It is. Yes, it's not the same guy. Uh, what is the name of this? Andreas Vingbach. Hmm. He didn't join until 2014, and I know we didn't see him because I saw him no. in 2012 or 13. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. Different okay. guy. I don't know anything about him. The singer that you did not like was he was from some other band. I just don't remember. Actually, I'm not going to go through all that because there's like a five million singers. Anyway, I don't, I don't <laughs> care. Actually, his name is Steve Marbs is the guy you didn't like. Huh. Okay. Knock is his stage name. Yeah. Anyway, they haven't had a fucking new album since 2009. So I'm excited about it. It's called Where Shadows Forever Rain. Awesome. And it comes out in June. Look forward to that. I'm sure it's going to be a, a, a shit wagon. So. Uh, I've been also listening to... This is just... Some just random shit I've been listening to. Uh, the new Flotsam and Jetsam. The, is it good? Yes, it is. Awesome. It's really good, actually. I mean, um, if you guys are just elitist death metal fans or whatever, Flotsam and Jetsam is heavy shit. Like, it's good. If you like, it's if you stuff. appreciate a classic, because all I listen to is is classic thrash stuff, and I'm very picky <laughs> about it. It's very good. It's uh, honestly. Their older records are essential, I think, to thrive. And it's if you if you don't know this, you all probably do. This that is the band where Jason Newstead came from. Yeah, 
But uh, yeah, but the record's great. Actually, Jason cool. wrote some stuff on that new record. Really? Yeah, he's not on it, but he did write some. He didn't stuff do anything in production or anything like that. He just no, kind of got he, featured on some of it. Okay. No, he's not performing on. It. He just wrote some songs with them. That's cool. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Just contributed musically. That's cool. And he's unaccredited on those. I found wow. this out from watching an interview. But uh, they have a new guitarist. But yeah, th- that record is pretty solid, man. Uh, trying to think what else I got. I picked up something else I was going to talk about. Um, actually, I'm not going to talk about that. But <laughs> not that I don't love it. I'm just not going to get into that on here. But there was another. Uh, what was the other thing that I picked up? Oh, they reissued uh, three of the Angel Corpse records. I picked those Osmos records. Reissued three of those. I picked those. up. Wow. Okay. Um, their first three records. Fucking awesome, dude. We got this guy on TV eating crickets. He's that fucking weird. Homeless guy, Rob Zombie, eating crickets. <laughs> um, for me personally, and I know you too, we've been waiting on, uh, you know, the new Vital Remains for a really long time. You know, we've always been huge fans of that band, and, and Tony's done a great job of keeping them together, and, and you know, Finding Brian has really launched that band to a new, um, you know, just shed a new light on that band, because... I'm not saying they were ever forgotten or anything like that, but they've always been an underground death metal, and they've been one of the kings of underground death metal. And I think, you know, Brian's one of those uh, performers that can really put them to the forefront of, of where death metal is going to go from here on. And um, can't say enough good things uh, about about Brian and, and how he performed. Uh, just really, really fucking awesome. But if you haven't seen anything with uh, the lineup right now of Vital Remains, just look it up on YouTube or, or go to one of their fucking shows if, if you guys are, you know, if you know they're in your town, then go check them out because, I mean, man, it's it's just great. It's it's worth every penny. It's just a fucking stellar show. It's Vital Remains best. actually blew Hate Eternal off the stage. They, they really did. It was uh, been a long time since I've seen a death metal show with that much... Uh, intensity not really sure but yeah i'm pretty happy they reissued hammer of gods they reissued uh um exterminate and they reissued inexorable so i'm pretty happy with those oh, yeah. the uh, angel corp stuffs which has nothing to do with the other stuff but just throwing that out there i'm pretty happy that osmos records really cool fucking label um they put out some really interesting black metal stuff and black and death metal stuff if you want to use that as a term there and there's the Cenobites, and they're uh, killing Frank, it looks like. Uh, this is when that happened. Yeah, this is a flashback as well. This movie goes in and out in it. Wow, he's getting the uh, blood case. The torture rack there. Yeah. I have to agree with you. I think the uh, makeup in this film is, is fantastic. Um, but back to Angel Corpse for a second. I've actually reached out to uh, Pete um, from Angel Corpse and see if he would like to actually talk with us on here. I haven't heard anything back from him, so keeping my fingers crossed there. I think the guy's a legend. He seems kind of private, though, so I was actually kind of surprised when he even added me on Facebook a few years ago, but (laughs) and that he was still there after I had uh, shit-canned my page and then resurrected it. I'm kind of excited. I need to... I want to talk about one more CD, if that's okay. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm going to look here and see when this comes out so I can talk about it again. We've talked about it a a couple podcasts ago, but I wanted to bring it up again because a lot of love for this guy just because uh, uh, his former band I'm starting to lose any love for, which I'm not going to discuss. But there is a new Six Feet Under record coming out. Yeah. It's a covers record. The Graveyard Classics. Yep. And I'm trying to find out when that thing comes out right now. 
Uh, and no, I don't want six feet under the TV show. Oh, and this is uh, this is where the husband finds out about Frank because she's been pretty much whoring herself and leading these. Fuck guys yeah! Out. This motherfucker comes out tomorrow, kids. Six feet under. Graveyard Classics. And it's Iron Maiden four. and Judas Priest covers, strictly. So, the doctor will have this tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to go grab this. Um, if I have the funds, I may get a copy for Mr. Gorecross if he wants right. one. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and I, I still just don't see a goddamn track listing for this fucking thing. Oh, shit. Oh, uh, another one, kids, tomorrow. Just saw this. Not to keep rambling. The new Death Angel comes out tomorrow, too. Awesome. They have a... Uh, a video which I out. heard a goddamn thing off. They of. have a video out actually for the song "Lost," which is on that new record. So uh, nice. You can go check that out and get pumped. And the wife's doing everything she can to seduce her husband and not go into the Frank room. And you know it's not happening. This is it for him. And I think after Frank dies, this will be the perfect lead-in to uh, the Brian interview. I think we'll just do it that way. <laughs> we'll wait till Frank's death for. Uh, for the inevitable Brian interview you guys have been dying to hear. It was really cool. Um, <clears throat> really happy that he did it. I couldn't believe that he did it. Um, but uh, great. I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, he he did uh, he did uh, did some cool shit with it. But yeah, so you got the Six Feet Under tomorrow and the Death Angel. Those you should probably be able to get at like an FYE or a Best Buy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Maybe I know even. FYE normally carries six feet under. You're probably not going to find the six feet under at Best Buy because right. they're just weird. Maybe that's a crapshoot. I'm sure they'll have the Death Angel, though. They may not have a lot, though, so you may want if you're wanting it. And there, I think there's a deluxe edition of it. Hmm. I um, think this is funny because now... Um, and if you haven't bought the new Destruction, get it, too, because it's really good. Oh, yeah. We plugged that on our last episode. Definitely. I'm just making... Definitely pick that shit up, because it's... Those guys awesome. Those guys need your money more than, you know, a lot of bands. <laughs> those guys have been around for a long fucking time. They get no love. Uh, I want to actually take a second with Corey here. We've never done this on a podcast. I'm just kind of throwing this out here right now. Sure. Um, and some of you out there may think this is stupid that I'm doing this, but I'm, I'm doing it anyway. Uh... Uh, Nick Menza uh, passed away recently, and I want to uh, just say one thing about that. I saw him uh, play with Dave and Dave and Marty on the Rust in Peace tour. It was the first time that I saw them and um, at a small theater, and I just wanted to say that uh, it's really bothered me, and uh, a lot of love from me goes out to his family and loved ones and anyone that was touched by his music, and I think it's a terrible shame that he wasn't able to be a part of the incarnation that is now Megadeth. I'm, I'm, I kind of blame Dave Mustaine for that. Uh, nothing against Chris from Lamb of God, but I think it's a damn shame that <clears throat> people didn't get to see that while that because they had talked about him actually <clears throat> coming back and uh, he actually uh, tried out for them. I think that's or something got because he was going to try out and some, something happened with him because he was in that Ohm band. Uh, that he was actually, you know, that he died performing for. And, um, you know. I just think it's a shame. It is. Uh, and I kind of hold Dave Mustaine responsible, not for him dying, but for him not letting him play with him again, because I think that's, he kind of robbed a lot of people from getting to see that. I agree. Um, you know, Again, nothing against Chris, but it's like, Countdown. You know, Countdown is my favorite Megadeth album, always will be. Um, first thing I heard from those guys, you know, 
I uh, I went from that straight back to Peace Cells and you know got into that band. Um, still always be one of my favorite bands, but the band that I remember uh, that I you know grew up listening to for me was always Dave Mustaine, Dave Ellefson. Marty Friedman and Nick fucking Menza. So, well, uh, that that, that was that was that's my most commercial line. Yeah. I mean, they made a lot of money. Yeah, and you know, I love Chris Poland and, and all them too. You know, uh, that's my Peace Cells was was fucking awesome, and that's what I fell back on after I heard Countdown. I didn't go Countdown Rust. I went Countdown Peace Cells Rust. You know, so. Uh, but I wanted to mention him just because I think uh, no, that's, I that's like we should definitely. Um, it's a huge loss, whether you're death metal, whatever. Nick Menza is a huge part of that. And, um, yeah, rest in peace to him and our, my thoughts and, uh, you know, condolences go out to the Menza family and, uh, anybody who was, uh, you know, uh, influenced by him or I know, uh, I'm sure Chris Sadler is actually very hurt by that because he's, that's his biggest, he's the biggest fan of Megadeth in my opinion. He's, that's the whole reason he sat behind a kit in the first place with him and, and Willie. So, um, I know I'm sure he's very uh, hurt by that as well, because I don't know if they ever met or got close or anything like that. But I know that Nick Menza was a huge influence on his drumming. So, um, yeah. Um, and I know Dave, either way, whether he feels guilty or I know that he had said a lot about Nick, uh, very kind words when Dave it all happened. A I'll, I'll say it. I don't That's care. That's true. <laughs> but and I feel sorry for Nick, and I think it's a, a goddamn shame, but he had, I think he should be playing. He should have gotten another chance to play with him, but whatever. Right. Dave Mustaine's a fucking Christian idiot. So. <laughs> he had kind words to say about all that, and uh, either way, yeah, my, I just wanted to say rest in peace, and, uh, you know, this episode, as it is a death metal heavy uh, episode, you know, this this definitely goes out to Nick Menza. This episode and our our podcast as a whole. I mean, you know, we do this because we're fans, and you know, Nick Menza is a huge, huge uh, piece of, of metal history and and what it is today as well. You know, the, the good the good in metal today. So also, thank you, Nick, for everything that you've you've contributed to this scene and to this community, and you know. You're in a better place now, and may you rest in peace. Thank you, Nick Menza. Yeah, it's... And then uh, not to jump right into this nasty shit going on after that, but Julia in, in Hellraiser has gotten her husband Larry hot and bothered because she was trying to seduce him not to go see Frank, but uh, now he's, like, wanting to rip her damn pants off, you know, so... And Frank was about to stiletto knife him in the fucking back of the head. And I'm gonna fillet a fish in. Yeah, instead he filleted a uh, rat. I don't know why he did that. I guess to uh, insinuate he was about to cut the skin of Larry's back off while he was trying to fuck her, but I don't know. Now Larry's concerned because she just kind of totally cock-blocked him after she was trying to seduce him. So, But uh, since you've been waiting on it, we'll go ahead and we will give you the Brian of Vital Remains interview, which is you know a hefty 30 minutes long. It'll add a... Uh, <laughs> this will make this this uh, episode actually almost two hours, so it's pretty cool. Um, and I'll play you a short clip here from the show we saw uh, Monday night in Atlanta at the historic Masquerade, fucking awesome uh, venue, <clears throat> which won't be here much longer. Uh, but we will have a new one, and we don't know much about that. N nobody does, but uh, you know we'll spend as much time there as we can uh, before it 
shuts down. Because it's one of our favorite places. We'll travel hours and hours to go there. Definitely our favorite. And uh, our uh, our other hotspot, I'm just going off topic, but I mean, there's just so much stuff packed into this that we got to talk about. Our home away from home at the masquerade is uh, the Kroger down the street, which is uh, where we always, that's our other hangout spot. You know, we go there to kill time before the show. We grab our beers, our, our uh, what the doctor calls the Kroger toilet water. And our essential snacks, our snacky poos that we need before our show or after the show, what have you. Um, it won't be there the next time we're, we're going down there. They're supposedly, uh, you know, uh, shutting the Kroger it. down and leveling it so they can put in more hipster apartments and, uh, you know, bike trails. Uh, or whatever they're, they're doing. They've ruined the whole part of Atlanta, but in my opinion. But it's turning into a, What did you say what it was there. turning into? Uh... Uh, either a business complex or more condominiums. Well, no, you said for, they're turning it into San Francisco. Well, that yeah. part of it, man. Rot the 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 fucking you know <laughs> metrosexual you know douchebag haven, which is what it's turned into. It's like you can ride that bicycle every day, but you're still gonna die. That's right. So you can ride it carrying your fucking iPad, and you're still gonna fucking die. So. <laughs> Not by me, you're just going to die, so you can exercise every day if you want to. You think it's going to make you, you know, hornier or sexier <laughs> or whatever. And maybe right. it will, but it's still going to kill you, so. And here's Julia leading in uh, what looks to be Bill Gates into uh, Frank's room. No, it's Steve Jobs. Steve definitely. Jobs, yeah. <laughs> and he has a lovely suit on. What would you do if you saw that shit? Hammer smash face. Yep. Hammer back of the head, oof. Didn't use the pointy part, but... And now, uh, I mean... The daughter can hear all this shit going on because this is almost a fuck up right here. But yeah, Frank has got a lovely suit on for this. I mean, you got to have your dinner suit on, all right? This is just fucking nasty how he eats the bodies. Oh, I guess he like rips the spine out and just like sucks it. Not really sure. It's just, I mean, he sucks the whole thing fucking dry. I don't know how he does it, but it's pretty nasty. Um, I think the mummy movies actually took a lot from this. How uh, Imhotep. Now, uh, Imhotep is like, uh, you know, sucking, uh, sucking up all the corpses so that, he yeah. can, yeah, it's like the same kind of thing, so I guess they were a fan of the film. All right, enough fucking yapping and, and, and bullshit, we'll give you, uh, I'll show you this little clip real quick to lead into it, but here is uh, a brief audio from the, uh, show we just saw, so you can get a taste of, uh, of this crazy bastard right here. <laughs> That, of course, being a uh, wall of death that uh, Brian usually incites every show. So uh, Very entertaining. Definitely go fucking see them. Here's the interview. Buy some fucking merch from them. Yeah, they had really cool shirts. They're almost out of everything. So, yeah, buy everything you can find from them. And uh, we will get back to you after the interview's over, do a little, uh, you know, uh, debriefing after this is done. 
So we're here with Brian from Vital Remains. What's up, motherfuckers? And uh, just played a killer show here in Atlanta with uh, Hate Eternal tour. It's what the second to last day of the tour, right? Yep, yep. So how's the uh, the show's been so far? Uh, it's been killer, man. You know, different shows for different reasons. Some shows were a lot better than others. You know, Canada was sick. Oh, I um, bet. Where in Canada did you guys go? Uh, Montreal, Toronto. We did a headliner in Sherbrooke, and then Quebec. Quebec was. Wow, you did a lot of dates tonight. Quebec was pretty nuts, man. Last time I was in that same club, I jumped right. off the table, and the table fell underneath me, and I fucked myself up. Jesus oh, Christ. Shit. So <laughs> this time I went back, and I got my revenge on those tables, and I fucking did a flip-off from this time, and it was cool. I went to Montreal once. It was pretty cool. There was a, a hobo that came up to me, and he said he had, like, bowling pins. He's like a street performer guy in Quebec, and he was like, uh, you want to see me do an impression of Mike Tyson? I was like, sure. So he held up the bowling pins to his face, and he went, bitch. Uh, Montreal was a cool show. Yeah. My uh, my first, I did some shows with the band in 2011, but I officially right. joined in 2012. And um, my first show ever with Vital was no bullshit on my birthday at Fufan Electric in Montreal. Wow! And we played Fufan Electric on my birthday <laughs> this year. Wow, oh, that's was, awesome! It was the same not even day. planned, just not, not just even happened. That way. It just kind of happened. That's that fucking day. cool, it was man. The same same day in the same club in the same city. So that's gotta be amazing. sentimental to you. Just going back yeah, there anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty so. cool, man. So that was definitely a memorable show. Hell yeah. You know? And then uh, I live in Fort Lauderdale. Right. So last show of the tour is tomorrow. Yeah, and, and you get to do it in Fort Lauderdale. Day after tomorrow, excuse me, right. day after tomorrow. And then, uh, yeah, I got a 10 minute drive home. <laughs> take, awesome. take my personal it's a good car, way to end and, uh, the tour is just to go no, straight home. No flights, no yeah. long drives. It's uh, from the stage to my bed. That's amazing. That's How's awesome. the uh, the van life and driving in the van and stuff? Oh, it's always a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> With a bunch man. of dudes, you yeah, know, death metal guys. And sardine can, you know. But <laughs> we tend to, uh, you know, get some hotels and shit like that. You know what I mean? So. Right. Anyway, it works itself out, man. You know, you save money you know, yeah. doing the van as opposed to the bus, and everybody gets to come home with a little bit more coin in their pocket. So. Oh, that's true, man. Yeah, I'll rough it. Yeah. It's fine. You guys do uh, live off gas station food, or you guys oh, actually try to eat? You know, and, you know, I got I got one of the employees here gave me some shit today. He goes, man, you walk in a ladies' bathroom. I said, yeah, because that's the only place to take a clean shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bathrooms in here are fucking oh, horror yeah, movie in and of itself. And the, and the club isn't even open yet, so there's nobody even in here. You know, that's tour, you know, tour life, fucking right. tour life hack right there. You know, you gotta take a <laughs> shit during the day, do it in the women's room because they don't piss it on. The smells seat. nice, and, you know. Maybe get a little blood once in a while, but that's all right. You know. Oh yeah, you know, you deal with it. <laughs> And as an old fan of the band, I just want to tell you, you're my favorite singer. Yeah, so far, had. it's... I, I mean, seriously, like, I'm a I'm a huge fan. We, just from seeing you on YouTube, I was like, Jesus Christ. But I did see you here with Vader. Cool, ago, cool. Which was fucking amazing. My other band played here years ago with Guar. Really? Yeah. And what was your other band? Uh, it was Us, the Casualties, and Guar, and they had the little haunted house right around the corner down there. Yeah, the yeah. Chamber of Horrors thing yeah, that, that they do. Awesome. That yeah, really here in Atlanta. Awesome, that is pretty cool. That's cool. And a couple years ago, a very good friend of mine that lives, uh, my brother actually, he uh, the one that gave me this human femur. He's yeah, I saw that. It's fucking cool, man. He's got the other half of it. So that's a human femur. Yeah, it's a human that's femur. That's wow. Nice. Supposedly wow. from a seminary graveyard from a priest. So that's even um, more badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> try and make it as cool as possible. Right. But uh, you know, he lives here, and he uh, a couple years ago we came down for Halloween. Right. And Gore was playing here, and perfect, was, yeah, perfect I atmosphere. Yeah. I, first time I'd seen Rocky since I got the job at Vital. I had my Vital shirt on. And right. Rocky is like a brother to me, man. He looked mm. at me, pointed the Vital logo, and said, "Fucking proud of you, man." You know, that's, right. awesome. that's awesome, dude. I'm so. Now, I went to uh, barbecue when they, you know, burned his sure. his odorous. Uh, 
you know, costume, and that was pretty, uh, never was a huge Guar fan, but that was really fucking cool to see. Yeah, man, that, yeah, and so Masquerade always was special to me, because that was the last yeah. time I ever got to hang out with my brother, yeah. you know, so that was, um, you know, it is what it is, but you remember shit like that, you know Yeah, that's I mean? true, so, you, you know. Are you from good Fort Lauderdale? Uh, Chicago, originally. Really? Wow. I, I lived in Milwaukee for a few years, but I've lived in Fort Lauderdale since 2001, so. Okay. 15 years in Lauderdale. How long did you live in uh, Milwaukee? Three years. You ever three, do four that? Years. Just like, when you were little? Yeah, yeah, well, Let's say you years the years, like in the elementary, middle school years, right. and then I went up to Milwaukee from Chicago for a weekend, I got arrested, three years probation. <laughs> what happened to, to Chicago? Like, yeah, I wasn't allowed to leave for those three years, I went on vacation right. and left on probation, and so I, I got stuck in Milwaukee for a couple years, and I went back there, for, I was there back there for like a year recently, kind of family issues. But, right. Yeah. Chi-Town, man, hail Dicka, fuck the Packers. <laughs> 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 I've been there once and I really liked it. But I, yeah, but I was like 20, so I didn't get to experience, you know, the BYOB shit and it's all the Bar Street stuff. Yeah, it is. And that's where I'm yeah. from. I'm from New York originally. Yeah, so. it's a nicer, cleaner, cheaper New York. Man, <laughs> that's right. You know, for sure. It's really nice. friends with any other death metal bands from their broken hope? Uh, no comment and Gorgasm. Yeah, those guys yeah. are fucking cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. guys. Man. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah, these guys are fucking cool. uh, I mean, oh, Flesh Grind, Lividity, fucking... Uh, Love Lividity, Incestuous, yeah. you okay. know, Corpse Vomit, Dissenter, <laughs> you know, all them dudes, man, back in the day. For sure. awesome. The United Guttural stuff, you okay. know what I mean? So, yeah. Sick Rich. Okay. I'm a shout-out from Brian for all those. That's awesome. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I remember all them bands, man. I used to have that dissenter fucking the uh, beauty of suffering shape disc look like a helmet and shit. Right. I remember one day I didn't know any better. I was like 15. I put it in a fucking CD player in my car and I fucking ate it. Oh, I never found another one. So Mike, if you're listening, I need another one of those. <laughs> 20 years later. Happened to an immolation record of mine. It was their Providence EP. It's actually very rare. I got it for free. It's like a Scion music thing. Yeah. And my friend's car ate it. And I had the same he one. Still has the, he still has the CD player from his car that he took out and he still can't get the fucking I, CD I, I out. Had you know, I thought I would have learned my lesson with Demos and thrown uh, Darkness Triumph and it was safe right. like a buzzsaw. Yeah. You know, but I didn't learn my lesson <laughs> then and oh, right. fuck, I was thinking. <laughs> So, what about the the new stuff? The new song was awesome. Loved it. Thank you. you it know, sounded yeah. like classic Vital Remains. I mean, it was fantastic. It's gonna, you know, we're That's, gonna give Vital fans a Vital album. That's all I can really say. About and it's it. been we're a so long time, long time that. waiting yeah. for that shit. You, you know? know, it's uh, it's more a question for Tony than it is for myself. Right. You know, I mean, everything's written. We're ready right. to go. There's just some logistics that got to get figured out. Sure. With it. Sure. Now, do you so write the? To get it, oh yeah. It? And do you guys do you write the lyrics for the I, stuff I, you've for written? For the most part. Um, yeah, in a world block out, I wrote yeah. you know, a couple of lines Gator put in there, you know sure. what I mean? A couple of filler things that I was struggling right. with, and you know, we feed off each other well. That's you know, good. I love having Gator to do backups with me. Oh, yeah. He's it, a beast. Yeah, you know, dude. His fucking highs are ear-piercing. His lows are just fucking power. And, you know, we, me and Gator, after at least five years, you know, we got the chemistry now to where it's like, oh, yeah. he'll see me go into the pit, and he'll step up to cover me. Right. You know, like, we just, we can play that back and forth. That's like, awesome. tonight, I just looked at him, I didn't have my breath, and I just like, hey, come up. And uh, he just looks right at me and steps up and knows right there to have my back all the time. Whenever I first saw Vital Remains, I saw him, when I saw Gator play, I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, you know, Glenn Benton is his stunt double. 
yeah, yeah, he's the real yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And Glenn the whole time is oh, a dude, stunt double guy. Gator's fast as the fingers, man. <laughs> he is. You know, Gator's my boy, man. I love that dude. He's just a fucking mammoth. It's awesome. Yeah, he's a fucking redneck. <laughs> he's a fucking redneck as they come. From North Carolina, drink PBR, watch a NASCAR. And hey, man. And there's nothing wrong with it. It gets on stage yeah. and it's, it's all about Satan. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah fucking A. Exactly. It's fucking awesome. Now, uh, another element we do with the with the podcast, normally we watch like a horror movie and we just do talk about death metal and that kind of shit. What is your, uh, some horror movies you, you absolutely you know, can't do I'm without? You know, I'm going to go into this and I'm going to get so many people that hate me for this. Fuck no, it, man. This is your no, shit. No, no, this no, is no, your no, shit. No, I mean, people listen and go, oh, God, he watches that. And oh, I, well, you know. You know, I have. You like what you like. I always will have a special place in my heart for Freddy Krueger. Yeah, oh, dude, absolutely. We're huge. Yo, Freddy's Revenge, yeah, honestly, is uh, one of dude, the best fucking films they ever did. I, like, I horror like movie. New Nightmare. Do you? I thought it was, I thought it was an cool. interesting twist to bring him into the real and Wes world. Craven, Wes, you know, Wes Craven really got shit for that film, and he loved doing it. I, that was thought, one of his... I thought it was one of the most creative ones because he realized that the series was over, and they found a way to reinvent it. Sure. Yeah, with a completely new twist that no kind of He kind of did the Scream thing, of. you know? It was like a movie within a movie thing, and yeah, but, they were you know, filming a movie, you know, but it was like the real character I the real actors Freddy's and stuff. dead the final night yeah. there in theaters yeah. when, awesome. you know, sneaking out at like 12 years old when my parents <laughs> I was going to see Suburban Commando with the Incredible <laughs> Hulk fuck yeah the fucking uh, Freddy's uh, Revenge and had the 3D glasses yeah. put these on when Alice puts yes. on the glasses and the piranhas coming at you and shit it's like welcome to prime time Hellraiser bitch. will always have a special place in my heart that's one of the only movies that all, ever that all, ever scared all, all me was that to be honest my favorite one was uh, uh, hey my man you got like my, you have a letter no um, my favorite one of all time, man, I'm going to get shit for this, is number four, Bloodlines. Bloodlines is good. It was the last good one, I yeah, think. Yeah, last good one. one, man. I'm in the middle of reading the Crimson Gospels right now. Right. Um, and I don't know what I think of it yet. And so, right. I can't stand B-rated movies. I have, <laughs> you know, me and Phil and Salma fight about this shit all the fucking time. <laughs> He's a big B guy, Dude, B movie guy. We love him. We love just to laugh and, and you know. If I have to sit through Bloodsucking Freaks one more time. Oh, God. You I've know, never seen or that. Or Dead Alive. Like, that one's pretty that one's really cheesy yeah I the mean, gore's I, there but it's just like god you want we watched a lot of these movies on fucking mute so you know <laughs> if it's you know, a I, real I b mean, movie the, like that it's just goofy the gore factor you know. doesn't really give if i want to watch right. gore i'm gonna watch faces of death yeah the actual shit yeah, yeah exactly yeah exactly. the real the real stuff that you can't you know it's actually have on dvd somewhere you can find it what was the first then. horror movie you watched jaws Fuck yeah, yes, man. Fuck yes. I think I was like six years old. I consider that a horror film. Yeah, I was, I, it, is. it is. I was like it's five, horror. six years old, 85, 86. It's fucking terrifying. I, I don't even think it was the first Jaws. I think it was the third, the second the 3D or third. one. I, I was so young, you know what I mean? Right. I just remember my babysitter making me watch it. <laughs> You know? It's a good babysitter. Yeah, you look back I, on it. Yeah. yeah, I remember my babysitter making me watch it because I remember SeaWorld, You know, <laughs> it's the third yeah, one. It's third yeah, one. yeah, the third one, and then um, they straight into Nightmare on Elm Street right after that. Of course, you know what I mean. See, I get made fun. My favorite Nightmare on Elm Street is Part Two. Yeah, Freddy's Revenge good. is pretty sick. I, dude, you know what? I got a soft spot for four. Oh, yeah. four. See, I like three because I was a huge Dawkins kid. You know, oh, okay. uh, that yeah, that yeah. movie really did it for me. For three, that was awesome. You know? We love that. It's weird, but it's a good movie. Four, Screaming Mad George. The. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to have when the Dream Child came out um, when I was like eleven. We had I had one of the cutouts really? from the movies. Yes. And I would stick it in front of my parents' door and knock on the door at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and my dad would open up the door. He'd see me and he'd go, Ah, fuck. <laughs> That's great. I get grounded for like a month to get my ass kicked. It was totally fucking worth it. That's great. <laughs> you know? 
Uh, Jason's always been great, you know. I mean, Halloween, of course. You oh, know, yeah. I'd be honest, it's going to be blasphemy. I like Rob Zombie's re- remake of the first Halloween. Really? I thought it was the best. It humanized Michael Myers. Okay, you know, we finally got to see what happened that night. Right. Instead of just right. hearing secondhand accounts of it. You sure. know, it really kind of brought the whole story together in a much more epic way than I thought. He had a lot of balls for doing it, for sure, for wanting to go through with that and make it. Yeah, you know. it's, and it's the same thing with me and The Omen. Like, I like the remake more than I like the original. I still have the ticket stub. I saw it I saw on 6606. Six, six, six. Yes. I, too, yeah. I still got the fucking ticket, man. What about but the... There's also a movie called The Calling. The Calling. Which is incredible. It's a complete ripoff of the Damien you know, story. Right. Really? But it's done phenomenally well. It's a British movie. I'll have to check excellent. that out. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Excellent movie. It came out like 02, 03. I'll have to check that out for sure. So, I like the... Uh, Texas Chainsaw, of course. You know, oh, that's... What's your boy, favorite one of those? My fucking Andrew Bonarski is the only fucking Leatherface there is. Gunner has been sucks. You know, there is only one Leatherface, and that is Andrew motherfucking Bonarski. Yeah. You like those? those oh, cool. yeah, that man fucking... He's... He scares you. You know, I had <laughs> never seen those. And we went to a horror convention, like comic convention thing. I went there with uh, my wife, and we went there. And Doug Bradley was sitting right beside him. And he's like, oh, you got to come over here and meet him. And I met him, and then went and watched him later. And I was like, man, these are really cool. I just had never got around to watch Because I grew up, you know, the first one, the second one. Oh, of and, course, know. dude. You know, and I mean, even the third one, I love people like the Leatherface. Leatherface was, was good, too. Cool. I, I, I didn't mind any of them, man. I, I, love, I, I love that whole story. And to be honest, what's that new one that they just made? That was, I loved that Texas Chainsaw. I thought it was pretty cool. With the girl, yeah, where yeah. the girl is his cousin or whatever. Yeah, I thought, yeah. It, was like, cool. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah everybody shit when on. I saw it in 3D. It was, it was fucking yeah. cool, man. Yeah, no, they had the, like these special glasses that said Texas 3D on it, and it was like red. It looked fucking. I cool. don't know who played Leatherface. All I know is it wasn't Andrew. It was I said Dan Yeager. Yeah, it was somebody I don't care because it right. wasn't Andrew. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was Andrew, the one from the first remake that they did. First two remakes. Yeah, he did both the, the beginning the and the end. Yeah, that guy is fucking. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, that guy's fucking huge. Fucking to play on. <laughs> yeah, and Andrew's such a cool motherfucker. I love that dude to death. I can't say enough good things. He was about really him. nice. Yeah, he was real really nice, cool. fucking sincere dude. You know, he was in them also in that movie uh, Any Given Sunday. Really? And uh, remember the old college movie, The Program? Yeah. Like, remember Latimer, the crazy motherfucker that painted his face up? Yeah. The same dude. That's Andrew. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's hysterical. And so it's like I've stood next to Andrew and looked up at him like, okay. I get it. <laughs> That's pretty I'm awesome. I'm fucking terrified right now. Right? <laughs> like, there's nothing I could ever do to you. Because you always think, like, I can outrun that motherfucker. And I've seen that boy run. He's agile. You ain't you ain't getting away from Andrew. That boy, a football player. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He will it's fucking big, uh, run you down. Some he will football movies for a reason. You know? Dude, yeah, he will fuck your world up. Inside <laughs> and out, dude. And, uh, and so when I saw him play, and, you know, and I saw him play Leatherface, and I liked him before I ever met the guy. You know, and as soon as I saw it, it was like, okay, there's the fear. You know, he just fucking just grabs the guy, sits him on the fucking hook. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it was. Um, that was really nice. That scene with the. Yeah, it wasn't the. Slow it was the reverse movie. because it was a dude instead of the chick, like in the original. But yeah, the yeah, piano yeah. effect of it worked, and it just. Totally, and it's very Robert visceral. In there yeah, too, yeah. Full metal jacket. Oh, you of know course. What I mean? You gotta love him. And he's yeah. the sheriff too. It's funny as shit. Well, know? not really, but just played it. You know. Right. He had the great. shirt on in the in the uh, you know. But the, it was the you know, there's car. something a little bit more terrifying between the gunner has been 
that's what I call them. And uh, just the slow moving, you know, now you got somebody like Andrew that will run your ass down. There is no right. getting away from this. That's why a lot of people didn't like the uh, Friday the 13th remakes, but the, you know, the remake, but the fact that the one from Onan Derek Mears, like Derek Mears is a big motherfucker, yeah, and he's yeah. running in that film, and that makes Jason scary to me. Oh, dude. Not yeah, just absolutely. like, he'll catch up to you because you're going to fall down in your pink dress, you know, it's like, like he can fucking run and, and throw tomahawks at you. Dude, shit. one of the, one of my <laughs> movies I'm really looking forward to coming out as a series I absolutely love is uh, Jeepers Creepers 3. Yeah. Because Jeepers Creepers, the first one, set this tone to where it's like, you can get away from the guys. Right. You can make it to civilization. You can get to the fucking police station. But he knows but, your scent and he can no, find you. But that doesn't mean you're safe. No. Right. You know, in the other movies, it's like you're running through the forest and then you're trying to find somebody to help you and then you get help and then you're okay. But this one, they find and sanctuary. One, doesn't there's, matter. You know? There's no getting away from this. Yeah. You know, you know kind of like Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I love that film. I love Dude, that, that film. That's a great man. movie. I loved it. Loved it. He kicks over the guy's boombox because he's like, fucking music sucks. He like pulls the mask up. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite Friday the 13th? Uh, like the old ones, the old ones, though. It didn't have to be the old ones. Hmm. Jason Lives. That's we our favorite, that too. One. That's our favorite. We love that. We take so much shit for life. I was about to one. say the new chapter, but I had to think about it for a second. You know, it was uh, yeah, Jason Lives, for sure. Right. Oh, yeah, you know? that movie's fucking awesome. Because that's where he becomes actually supernatural. Where he gets power, yeah, so he's like superhuman exactly, and stuff. You know? you know, he can throw people, you know, 30 Without feet in the air. Super music in it. Yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, totally, totally, man. I, I definitely dug that shit, man. You know, that, that this is a funny story. I grew up down The Pumpkinhead. Oh, yeah. Oh, Fuck, yeah. yes. Uh, and even the two new ones, man, with the CGI, I thought were great. I haven't seen them. Pumpkinhead's no, scary, man. No, okay, scary like, motherfucker. the first one, he, make, he makes it to the house, and then that, oh, kid, yeah, I love that kid helps him, yeah. a little redneck kid. Yeah. Well, now it's that redneck kid has grown up. Oh, shit. And they've been stealing bodies and, like, stealing people's money at the funeral home and not cremating them and doing shit like that. Somebody finds out and then calls Pumpkinhead on that kid. Oh. And uh, so it's like it's come full. So now you have this kid that's fucking terrified, seen Pumpkinhead before, knows what it does, and then they, awesome. they, it's like a bunch of them in a church, and they're all praying in the church, and Pumpkinhead comes in and burns the whole fucking church now with everybody inside it. Oh, I should know, get that for a soundbite for the record. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fucking cool, man. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty bitching, man. I, I definitely dug the Pumpkinhead movies. Oh yeah, I've never, I've seen the first one. I remember seeing the theater, loved it, you know, but. I have to check those out, man. I haven't seen that. Is that uh, the second one or the third and the fourth? Oh shit! Okay. So Blood yeah, Wings, I think, is the second one with the yeah. Kane Hodder in it or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. Blood Wings. Uh huh. But that one's kind of weird. I didn't really like it that much. It's but the same storyline, just rehashed. I just like seeing Pumpkinhead on the creature. On, yeah, Pumpkinhead's the, the best part. You know, Children of the Corn always. Same thing with Hellraiser too. You know, it's just I the. Love that movie. Oh yeah, Children of the Corn's nasty. Oh yeah, he who walks <laughs> in the rose. But uh, Hellraiser, I just like seeing the character and the the Cenobites too are fucking which, bitching. Which you, know? you know, which was starting to press me about Inferno and Deader. And right. Like that. Yeah. It's like I want to see fucking. And they're supposed Deader. to make a new one with Doug Bradley again, apparently. That would, that would, so. Yeah. Years ago, I met Doug, and I gave him one of those Virgin Mary MILF t-shirts. <laughs> um, oh, is, is he a satanic guy? No, but he just loved that. Because he loves the stuff, because he wore a, you know, a As Above, So Below shirt and stuff. And yeah, yeah, He's like, yeah. you go to blackcroft.com and get it. It's really cool, man. And I was like, cool, man. I yeah, like the shirt. He, he loved yeah. that shirt, and I say, he goes, let me pay you for it. And I was like, tell you what, how about you do the outgoing message on my voicemail? On my yes! Phone? Yes. Hello, this is Doug Bradley Pinhead from the Hellraiser movie. Suggesting you leave a message for Brian. That's great. You still have that? No, I fucking oh. lost the phone, got stolen on tour, God and then damn. I never was able to recover it. 
then I saw him like five years later. I was like, I don't know if you remember me. I gave you a shirt with a Virgin Mary. I just says milf on it. And I was like, yes, yes, that was me. And uh, it was cool. You remember that like all these years later. That's great. Shit, That's pretty awesome. Great. I'm sure he still wears the shirt. Probably. I saw some dude at the show tonight wearing it. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome. From, my, from one of my articulated clothing lines that is no more, but... Yeah, we try to make. How long did you have the clothing line for? Uh, a couple of years, but I yeah. sold the print shop. Yeah, you know, oh, sure. um, I got out of the business, so right. it was me making clothes when I owned all the presses. Now, sure, to go back out and do it again. It's not worth the overhead. Right. But we made some real fucked up shirts. You know, <laughs> this one. You get a lot. Says I man, killed, I So you made that one. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Excommunicated clothing. Because I saw that on some of your, uh, you know, some of the videos of you on tour. I was like, that's a fucking sick ass t-shirt. All man. the ones got all the world religions on it. Yeah. Slavery. Another one that has a big Muslim moon and star, the red circle line through it says infidel, and the back says fuck Allah. <laughs> I had another one I was going to wear tonight, it says no Islam, N-O, and then K-N-O-W, peace. No Islam, <laughs> no peace. That's fucking great, man. And then, um, See, that stuff, oddly enough, is coming up. Like a lot, I see a lot more people wearing shit like that. Yeah, it's because nobody's got enough fucking balls. It's like, offending Christians is PC, and you can get away with that. You right. Know, but you can't say anything bad about Muslims. Right. You know, and... Uh, I don't give a fuck. You know, to me, they're a much bigger threat than any Christian ever is. Oh, totally. Because Christians aren't, well, I'm going to take that back. Jacob Crockett in Oklahoma, a member of the Satanic Temple, uh, was actually had his head cut off by a Christian uh, right. in Oklahoma a couple years ago. It was weird. You know, so usually we, they're not radical. And if well, they we are, they're Well, we played Tulsa on this tour, and yeah. I gave a shout-out to him. I said, you know, I know this kid was from Tulsa. I gave a shout-out to him. And then afterward, one of the kids in the local bands came up to me with tears in his eyes. He's like, dude, Jacob is my best friend. He's like, really? you know, none of that hasn't set right with any of us yet. You know, they caught the guy, he's in jail, but still, you know, this is 2000 and it was 15 at the time. That, you know, and this isn't, you know, Ambar Province. This is the fucking heartbeat of America. Right, right. You know, sure. Shit ain't supposed to fucking happen out here. <laughs> so when they say religion doesn't hurt anything, no, it still does. You know, every day. Yeah, I should, go look at my YouTube. Go right. look at the death threats I get from Christians on a daily fucking basis. Oh, I'm sure, man. You know? I was going to ask you, in the one of the YouTube videos, and I loved it, you had a bulletproof vest on. Yeah. That was fucking awesome, yeah. man. show of force, dude. You know, um, there's a few, yeah, well, there's a double negative side to that because I had broke, fractured my ribs. Right. Yeah. So I was, I was wearing the bulletproof vest as kind of a brace. Okay. Because I had refractured my ribs three times on that tour, and I was wearing it so I couldn't twist and turn in ways I was going to re-injure myself. Right. And then also there, there was, you know, hey, I hope the comments on the vital page of I hope your singer gets dime bagged. Jesus. And, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, and by quote-unquote Satanists, too. Really? You know, people like... Well, like, they think you're like false or you're just not... Of some fucking asshole that got pissed off when I took the cross down off the stage. Oh, and wow. He showed me... Yeah, I, I thought and it was... some dude in his default picture, the huge Go to Mendes tattoo named Conan right. something, holding this fucking Conan sword up, and he's like, well, this hurt... I'm like, dude, you can sit here and fucking condemn a fellow Satanist for want, not wanting to plan any of the crucifix. It's like, listen here, Red Song. showing off your Go to Mendes tattoo. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> fucking hypocrite. Exactly. That's you ridiculous. Know. It's like, listen here, Red Sanja. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got something. What here. happened with that? That that video, he showed that to me. That was wild. Where were you guys Was that at? like a, a Disney Orlando venue? One of those? No, no. It was at this shithole called The Haven. The and, Haven. You know, 
uh, the night before I had refractured my ribs. Right. And I was in the emergency room um, the night before. We had to stop on that, like, off the freeway while driving so I could go to the emergency room. And they doped me up with tons of shit. Benzos and fucking oh, sure. salotted and morphine. And I was out of my fucking mind. <laughs> like, I, was, uh... I don't remember anything. <laughs> I remember... James telling me I was choking him out with his hoodie in the back of the van because I wanted a new cup. <laughs> I, uh, said, we pulled over to sleep at a gas station. I guess some homeless guy sleeping next to the van. Oh, fuck, that's Brian. You know, get him back Jesus. in the van. My shorts, these same shorts were on inside out with the pockets on the outside. I was just having and a good time. It's like, get him to the hotel, put him down, get him to bed, we'll load in and all that shit. And I did, and I was just sleeping it off. And then um, the... Uh, they got me to the venue about five minutes before showtime. So I wasn't at the club all day to see it, to give protest to it. Was it like so, a relief? I don't know. You know, because they had posters for Thy Antichrist all over the club. Right. You know, they know who the fuck were. Belfagor was playing there. Jesus. You know, really? And the, the, nobody in the crowd could see it. It was facing me and above the stage. So I didn't notice it until the first song when I looked up and I saw it. I'm like... Fuck this shit. I'm not playing on that. You don't book a band like Vital Remains. Well, and you know, I was you know. going to be respectful about it. Right. You know, I'm not going to trash your club. And so I took it down. I was going to make a joke about it. Put it on the drum riser. And she came up on yeah, the stage. She came you? up and then yeah. grabbed And you hear, you hear me say in the video, like, here, you can take it. You can put it away. I'm not going to break it, but I'm right. not going to fucking play under it. Right. And these fucking assholes like this Conan faggot and shit like that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Was that not politically correct? I'm sorry. To be a faggot means to be a weak, punk little bitch. It has nothing to do with sexual orientation. That's right. So right, exactly. let's just clarify that one real quick. Because I get people in the UK that go, oh, that's homophobic, dude. Uh, well, you say cunt in the UK, right. which is definitely not socially acceptable over here. Oh, cunt is like their, you know, uh, dude. Word. Yeah, they're you just know, like, instead of dude, yeah, they're like, hey, cunt. Understand yeah. there's a <laughs> geographical principle to slang words that fucking get used. So these punk-ass, weak little bitches that were like, well, it's her club. She can do whatever she wants. Okay, great. What if that was a swastika and our Jewish guitar, because our guitar player is Jewish? And what if our Jewish guitar player took offense to that swastika? Yeah, of course. Would this argument then be validated because of what it is? Why is that, why is my... Um, disposition on the subject all right. of a sudden invalidated because I'm a Satanist and it's a crucifix. It's not socially accepted and I don't know why. You and know, ask I've... me the immensity of the fuck that I don't give. Right. You know? <laughs> and then book right. stuff there that they don't know shit about. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, so it was just a fiasco. Some people were like, well, that was staged. I'm like, dude, it was a small club show with 60 people on a like, right. Wednesday night. Speaking yeah. of Phil, we saw, uh, I went to a show in Clarksville. He was, uh, was super joint and there was a, a sign when they started playing where it said, you know, no moshing or anything like that. Like that, which is fine, whatever. But Phil, you know, being Phil, he, he ripped the thing off of it, and he was like, you know, how are you gonna book a band like Superjoint? Have you heard us before? Like, why would you guys book a, a band like this and then expect the show like everyone just to stand here? Like, yeah. I don't know. Was he like was like, you know, we're not Mushroom Head or Head PE. It's like you guys, we want you guys to have fun. You know? the, the thing with Porky's <laughs> that was all over the news last year when uh, we got thrown out of the venue when fans started moshing. Right. And uh, the, the guy brought in his meathead security guards and started beating up the fans and shit like Jesus. that. And and finally, I just stopped it. I was like, hey, look, you guys deserve a venue that's going to treat you with more respect than this. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Wall of death right now. <laughs> How'd that go over? Uh, he comes walking up to the stage like a vice principal or something. Yeah. Like, his name's Corky. He's got his finger in his belly button. Like, I need to talk to you right now. <laughs> and I, pu- I pushed him off the stage. Like, get the fuck off my stage, Corky. <laughs> and uh, he got swallowed up in the wall of death. And then they nice. got the PA. We kept fucking playing. I threw the mic down started screaming over the amps. And then we 
I got physically thrown out. And then uh, I'm happy to say he talked a bunch of shit about us online. And I'm happy to say that four months later, your fucking club is out of business. Hey, they say any press is good press, but not that. Has been here. You couldn't even last 27 months. <laughs> Goodbye, Corkies. Or 27 weeks, for that matter. Where was that at? Kansas somewhere. Shit. Weird. Yeah, it's just fucking weird, you know. <laughs> so. Now, who was on that show with you? Was it just us you guys? And, us, Necronomicon, and uh, the really? Kennedy Vale. Wow, okay. And so. Well, the Kennedy Vale's a newer. Yeah, newer actually, band uh, Taylor from Anatomy and Existence that's with us tonight sings for the Kennedy Vale. Oh, okay. So it's cool, man, coming out here with these guys, and, you know, everybody's already familiar with each other, you know what sure. I mean? So it was a fun time. Now, they're uh, Unique Records. Yeah, uh, they band, both, I they think, both right? are. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Now, are you guys for your album. Uh, if you want to talk about it, are you guys just putting it out yourselves? I or? got no idea what's going on, dude. I'm an independent contractor. I just do what I'm told. Right. Gotcha. That's a question for Tony. Oh yeah. You can take care of that. I got I got nothing to do with that. We're excited. I'm I'm telling you, I as a vital fan, I'm excited, dude. I grew right. up singing these songs. You know what I mean? I'm, you're just I'm telling you, it's like I first heard I Vital in '96. You know what I mean? So I saw them uh, in Nashville at a place. The National. The Muse. The Muse, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Damien, I think, was the guy singing. Okay, yeah. back in like 03, 04? Yeah, it was, well, this was 07. Oh, okay. Uh, Anthony, maybe, or Scott Wiley? I'm not sure who it was. Oh, no, no, that was Damien. That was Damien. I'm sorry. Would it have been? No, it was, was Damien. I'm sorry. And, man, you're. I guess just... I'm in the band. I should know the band's history. <laughs> but, I, but no, but you're just. Man, you blow me the fuck away. Over Benton, over any, I'm just like Jesus Christ. I'm, you're serious. I'm, I'm blown away. Thank you, brother. I'm serious. Like I, we've watched so many fucking YouTube. I'm like, I cannot <laughs> wait to go see them again. Since I saw you with Vader, and I was like, Jesus, is fucking amazing. Because I was just like, because he was okay, but it just wasn't the same, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's awesome. I come from that old school mentality. Of sure, you, can't you ask, do. You can't ask the crowd to do something you're not willing to do yourself. Well, well you're a very in-your-face guy, and it's I, very entertaining. I really respect that about you. And you know, the it it, it, it takes back. You know, I, I, we've both been to a ton of fucking death metal. And really, the intensity is there with the music, sure. Like, you can just sit there and rip all night with your, you know, all that stuff. But for you to get out there with the crowd and, and to do your fucking thing is, is beautiful. It's great, man. Yeah, we did that in I Mexico with like 30,000 people, and I was still God. in the crowd. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was like a security risk nightmare, you know what I mean? The right. Security scared. Hey, 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 oh, no, 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 you know, we went to go do this, like, meet and greet. You know, you're supposed to sit behind the table. Sure. Fans come up. We walked up. We threw the fucking table out of the way. Like, come here, dude. You want a picture? Put your armor <laughs> on. Everybody just fucking, like, sucks in on you. And right. Great. We're like, dude, it ain't, it ain't fucking us and you guys, dude. It's all of us together, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a fucking metal fan. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I'm that kid at that fucking show. Wow. You know? So, I, if I wasn't in the band, I would be that kid killing everybody at the right. fucking show <laughs> that nobody likes. Because <laughs> I, I appreciate that, too. It's, and I punched your girlfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, some bands now, uh, even with death metal, they'll do like charge for meet and greets and shit like that. And I just Fuck think that's that very shit. classless. You know, it's Fuck it's uh, death metal has always been for, for kids people, like us that people, you know, know, you know, it's uh, it's amazing. There's bands that he and I really like that we've just basically got squashed out because they do those meet and greet things. Now. Well, they try to rock they star you. Talk you know. to us now. And I will say that sometimes those are set up behind the scenes. Or it's bands, management and, 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 or something. And the band's you know. not even getting any of that. You know what I mean? So, right. Right. It is what it is. Right. Music. Yeah, you know, like Napalm Death said, enemy of the music business. That's true. Awesome. What's the name of the show? Uh, it's Phantasm Podcast. What's up, motherfuckers? This is Brian from Vital Remains. You're listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hail Satan. Thank you very much, man. So yeah, pretty pretty fucking awesome. 
pretty fucking awesome interview. Um, and now, since we've skipped along here, uh, this is the part where we see all the Cenobites and, and Hellraiser uh, finally speaks, and you got Kirsty in the clutches of the Cenobites here. And we'll actually do some more audio here for you guys, and we'll just, because Hellraiser's the shit. need to hear it's the most iconic fucking uh quote possibly in horror ever one of them but uh as far as the hellraiser films i mean everybody knows what that is so um pretty fucking sick and that's hellraiser in a nutshell he'll tell your fucking soul apart so now uh for the doctor how uh you enjoy the interview yeah um just to kind of tell you guys this, it was a very impromptu thing. We didn't actually think we were going to get to do the interview because we had tried to set stuff up with Brian. Right. Which Corey can also tell you a little bit about that. So it was really an impromptu thing. I couldn't believe that he did it. And we, for whatever reason, decided to walk out there a second before Hate Eternal came on and we did the whole fucking interview. So we missed the majority of the Hate Eternal show. Which you can hear which I'm, music in the background okay during yeah. the interview was Hate Eternal playing, which is kind of cool. Um, but we did catch, you know, the last three, three or four songs of Hate Eternal set, which, you know, uh, which was, which was definitely uh, fortunate for us for, well, to get to get the interview and do that, you know. Yeah, got to be honest with you, the the Hate Eternal, I, I thought Vital Remains uh, blew him off the fucking stage. Uh, was not impressed. I'm a huge Hate Eternal fan. Do not like the bass player or the drummer that was performing with Eric on this tour. Uh, the drummer was Hans Grossman that was in Obscura, which I thought he was horrible. And, <laughs> and uh, the bass player was somebody from Eric's studio. It was absolutely pathetic. Uh, Eric was amazing, <laughs> uh, as always, but what a horrible band uh, to be back in somebody that's so legendary in Death Mode. I thought it was absolutely sad. Yeah, and those were the... Uh the doctor's results for that. Um, I've I've seen, to, I've, I've, you have to also remember that I've seen Hate Eternal on every tour they've ever done, and I just was not not impressed. And JJ wasn't there. Love you, JJ. And it was obvious you weren't there doing vocals and playing bass. They didn't have the the dual vocal thing going. And Hans Grossman is a very good tech savvy drummer, but he doesn't need to be playing brutal death metal because it just doesn't work. Right. Um, have to agree with you there. Uh, Vital Remains is honestly hard to follow um, because it's, you know, I know with Eric and Hate Eternal, it's a different dynamic and different element how they play. Of course, you're um, restricted to playing guitar and vocals, which is great. He does, you know, Eric Rutan's, you know, awesome at doing that. He's a, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Love his production. And he's, a, he's a beast on the mic and all that, but for a different performance, uh, Vital Remains brings back more of the old school style death metal 
live performance. And, you know, we were talking to Brian and Tony about this as well, is that they, you know, when I was growing up, before I was uh, old enough to go to these death metal shows or, you know, I had friends that were into the same shit, which is honestly hard to find, um, you know, I'd watch videos on the internet or I would buy the DVDs of these bands and, uh, you know, the intensity was there in the live performance. It wasn't like you can just stand up there and the, you know, the music projects the intensity and the, the windmilling and all that shit, but... They used to get in the crowd's face, and it used to be very personal. Like, personal space is invaded, which is what you want in a death metal show, not necessarily with the other fans, but with the, the bands coming out to you and bringing you into the show. Um, it's really rare to find these days, and Vital Remains does that tenfold with their performance. I mean, they're just, you know, Brian's leaping off of shit into the crowd like the fucking uh railing of the stairs and uh getting crowd served jumping out into the pit and and yelling in people's faces i mean that's that's what i grew up understanding what a death metal show was not to say every death metal band should should follow suit but that was the standard when when death metal started and i think vital remains uh holds up in that regard so uh I just can't say enough good things about their their performance. They were fucking amazing. Yeah, loved it. But my again, I'm going to go back to Hate Eternal. Love the band. I'm a huge fan. I own everything. I'm a really big fan of Eric's. But Eric kind of snubbed us at the show, and I'm not going to get into that. But the band, his, you know, he didn't have JJ with him, and I love JJ that does bass and vocals for him. And records with him. JJ wasn't there. It was obviously noticeable. He's got some guy up there that looks like he should be playing with like a fucking jam band. Yeah. Like like a hippie up there playing bass. And then, I don't know what the deal is. That Hans Grossman guy was just horrible. I don't know. <laughs> I just wasn't impressed. And, I, and I'm a fan of his stuff on record, but it was like, wow, this is just not that good. I think with him, he was too clean. And I'm, I'm used to hearing Hate Eternal being a very dirty sounding band in the best way possible. Like, they're just... Uh, they've always been a raw sounding death metal band and, uh, you know, uh, to hear them live and be more polished, I didn't really enjoy that as much as, as when I saw them before with, uh, you know, their, their last drummer they had. So, um, my final verdict on that is just, I like death metal to be very raw. I don't like death metal to be polished. If you're the perfectionist, I understand that. And, you know... I give you all the credit in the world for being that tight and playing, uh, you know, chaotic music like that and still sounding uh, almost perfect. But um, at the same time, I like my death metal to sound raw. That's just how I. That's just how I am, and I, I'm pretty sure that's how the doctor uh, enjoys his death metal. It's just raw and just in your face, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't have to sound, you know, uh, hit for hit great. And, and it's not, not so much that I think Hans uh, did a bad job. I think he performed the best of his abilities, and I think he pulled it off. But at the same time, the sound just isn't um, – the sound is too polished and clean, and it wasn't just dirty death metal drumming that I'm used to. Not to say you need it to be sloppy, but uh, it's hard to explain. Not really triggered, you know, like triggered sounding drums where it's too clean and too bassy. Um, just the raw, just straight drums is what I like, and it's very, uh, you know, it's it's hard to follow when you used to have a drummer like, you know, uh, Derek Roddy or somebody like that who plays dirty. 
Um, but to, to to sum all that up, great show overall. Uh, you know, Eric Eric is great, and he performed really well. You know, he's a he's a nasty guitar player, and his riffs are straight from fucking hell, and uh, his vocals are still to this day just as uh, you know brutal as the rest of them. And you know, actually is one of the king of kings as far as the uh, his his vocals. And uh, now to get back to the movie, which is the climax of the film, Frank is, you know, now visibly uh, Larry, which is uh, Julia's husband. And now he finally kills her bitch ass by stabbing her in the chest with her or in the stomach, sorry, with um, his stiletto knife and then digs his hands into her fucking neck and takes the rest of her uh flesh for himself so now we got daddy who's trying to kill the daughter and she's about to lead him into the room with the cenobite so they can take him back to fucking hell in their little box oh and the doctor had to take a shit i did that's why he was sorry was about that one sorry. of those things impromptu am shit <laughs> you had to take it to the morgue i apologize that's all right I had to go to the can there and excuse myself. It's a little. Uh, it's cold to shit in the morning. Little too. human waste, suffocation style. I did. I had it's to. I didn't have any choice. While so, you were gone, uh, Frank I came is back now to the best part of the movie. Frank is now resembling Larry, and he killed the bitch ass wife. And now he doesn't realize that the Cenobites are here to get him. And I think that part's so funny too. There's like this, this uh, plastic. Or whatever it is, Jesus, uh, that falls out of the closet, and she has to kind of like prop him back in there and close the door. It's just kind of funny. Or instead of a cat coming out and scaring you, it's like, oh, it's a fake Jesus. And she has to push him back. I guess it's a Christmas ornament or some shit, Christmas decoration, like a. Uh, well, I guess it wouldn't be a nativity scene because he's a baby in there, but I don't fucking know. It's 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 a giant plastic Jesus decoration that they for some reason have in their closet. And it's, it's just kind of funny and goofy. I had to drop my kids at the pool. By kids, I mean turds. <laughs> no, this movie. You know, this movie. I'm telling. There's something. There's something just disturbing about the way he shot this Ugh. film. I don't know why. Then you get one of those other corpses popped out on her and just like spewed maggots all over her. Um, yep. Nasty shit. Like this movie's just gross, but it's not. It's disturbing, but it's not, uh, I mean, it's just, it's like real almost, it feels like. You know? Yep. That's why I always found this film scary, because it's just, it's psychotic. <laughs> and you can, you can f- you get that vibe well, off of it. Well, it's, he's, and he's tied the whole sex is hell and blood and yeah. pain and all that. Yeah, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of. S&M, like, I don't know, it's just very interesting. Pain is pleasure, which I don't agree with. But it's a lot of Claire Higgins. Pain is pain, and pleasure is pleasure to me. It's but. a lot of Claire Higgins getting nailed, which is gross in and of itself. But it is. Unless you're my young friend that whacked it to it. But I guess she's like really hot to him, or she just likes seeing an old bitch get railed. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to be railed by Frank. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> we won't know, and I don't want to know, but either way. But we're getting towards the end here. Um, and while we still have a few minutes left, got the final words from the doctor. Uh, well, 
there's a minute of this left. You know, right. But you know, I really will kind of because this will take a minute. I I'm really happy that Brian was so into doing the interview, and, and that's something we can't tell these people about enough. I, he was very enthusiastic about doing it. I was blown away. And it was our first interview, and this is it kind was. of setting the bar as well as the you know raising the bar and setting the new standard for our our episodes and our show. And the the product is this is what our main vision of this show to be was to uh, get these death metal cats on the show uh, each week for you guys so that we have both perspectives because you know uh, our main focus here is horror but we we're huge you know death metal's the other half and we really wanted to bring that part out because you know the first bunch of episodes um, were you know mainly horror and that's great you know but. Uh, we wanted to bring out the death metal in a big way like we do the horror because, of course, we have our movies that we watch, so the horror is the main portion of it. But the other half that would really make the death metal portion of this show uh, and you know very essential to our, to our show is the interviews bring that out. And I think you know this is what we want to bring you guys each week. And so you have... We'll do as much as we can. The other half of the show to look forward to besides the film is these interviews and... Uh, you can get a perspective on on how they feel about stuff, and you know, of course, we ask them about horror movies if they're into it, and uh, what their favorites are, and 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 all that kind of stuff. So we want both perspectives in here for you, and uh, we have other stuff worked out where we're going to do full episodes where our guests watch the films with us. So uh, that's another thing that hopefully that, that comes to fruition. That's that's will. coming to you guys as well. So you'll either get the uh, you know. Um, you'll either get the interviews plugged in here or you'll get full episodes with all three of us. So uh, more of that to come in the future. But, uh, you know, and here's Frank. Uh, well, Larry slash Frank getting his inevitable oh, inevitable demise where he's getting uh, his body torn apart back to hell because here come the fucking hooks to lash into every bit of them. We'll do that. The skin pulling is fucking ridiculous. Body sliced shot. in half. Yeah, that was... Right money shot. And your friend just finished wagging it. Like, he just came. I don't know if he... Well, <laughs> I don't want to know. Maybe he's tied up somewhere with hooks in here. I don't know. You know, it seems like here the Cenobites aren't holding up their end of the bargain. No. And there's the mommy. He's fucking torn up. Because now they're taking all their taking all their bodies with them. But, uh, That's Julia, isn't it? Yeah. With the box in hand. So now the last step is to put them back in that I fucking box. I forgot about her getting there. She's all hooked up. <laughs> but really the deal was if, if she brought Frank to them that they would let her go. But they never really said that, you know. such sights to show you. 
Yes, ma'am. I love that in part burger. Terry Farrell's like, go to hell, and he's like, ladies first. <laughs> Very cool. Are you going to come see my hot man this weekend? This kid's fucking stupid. <laughs> but no, man, I'm, I'm glad that uh, we're playing over at Pop Tecca, the cereal bar. <laughs> but yeah, huge fan of Hate Eternal. Very disappointed with his live members. And as uh, far as the rest of that, no comment. But uh, yeah. Brian was awesome. Tony was awesome. Uh, Vital Remains was fucking awesome. Uh, Live, they were great. Uh, Brian, if you go see them, Brian Warner is a very in entertaining frontman. Maybe one of the most entertaining that I've seen in a long time. I fully agree with you. We watched the hell out of him on YouTube, and then they go see it live, which we told him. But yeah, and Brian, thank you for doing the interview, man. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, thanks and, again, uh, man. We look forward. It's our first interview. More to come with it, but uh, yeah, you're setting the tone for for the next, you know, for what's to come of this show. So we appreciate that very much, and uh, we hope to have you on again soon. That'd be we'd love to have you again on there, um, and and Tony as well, you know. Uh, so we'll hopefully we'll, get we'll Tony stay in touch with that. Out. Yeah, hopefully. Um, now one last thing I want to ask about Hellraiser: Is it the second one where they had that sculpture that Hellraiser's in? And they're kind of feeding. That's four. Wow. It's, okay. Which I think is a turd, but it is. That's the one where they. This. It's pretty. What happens? It's in a guy. This three. Time the box falls in cement, and they build the building, and then the building looks like the box. And then Ugh. it's a guy luring in women instead Correct. of the women luring a Correct. guy. So uh, he's luring all these women into his fuck dungeon and mm. feeding. Mm. That is three. Yeah. So he's you're feeding, blending the two. He's feeding the sculpture but you're to blending. bodies. Oh, the sculpture. That's yes, three. That, that is three. I thought you... Okay. Okay, because the end of three, I thought you meant the... Where it, because part four is that, that bitch with the Cenobot dogs in the in the building. I've never even seen that one. It's, a, it's <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, I guess three, it's three. Three is what you're talking he about. He has this that's fucking... That's favorite. That's yeah, he has, he has this sculpture, and it's like a black thing, and you can tell it's Hellraiser, and... He lures all these women in there and starts feeding uh, feeding the sculpture itself like bodies of these women. And then eventually, you know, unleashing hell, basically. So, so is that, that is three? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry for my confusion. Yes, awesome. that is three. All He's right. the goth club owner, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Armored Saint right. plays live there, which is awesome. <laughs> that movie is cool. I think I watched that earlier this year, uh, around Halloween time, I think, was the last time I saw that. Couldn't remember which one. But, uh, yeah. Um, we'll leave you guys with that. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. There is more to come. We hope you enjoy um, this episode as well as the Brian interview. Show those guys some love. Go to Vital Remains on Facebook and like their page. Go share their videos on YouTube and Show people what death metal is all about and, uh, you know, pick up their records if you haven't. Be on the lookout for their new album coming out. Uh, just keep up to date with those guys. Uh, you know, support fucking death metal.
Yeah, real death metal. Those guys are <laughs> those guys are great. And Brian, thank you again for doing the interview, and thank you guys for tuning in. But we are out of time. All right, and uh, all I have left to say is Jesus wept.